0: Welcome back to the Outsource Accelerator podcast. Today, I am joined by Sarah Prestoza. She is the vice president of BN, which is the BPO Industry Employees Network. It is, in effect, a union without being a union. It is an employees network focusing on the rights and welfare of the employees of the outsourcing industry. Now, of course, the employees of the BPO industry are such a critical part of the puzzle, because the entire industry is really powered by the people. It is, of course, the role for Sarah to argue for the improving rights of the outsourcing industry employees. And just to frame this conversation for you, Sarah's perspective primarily is the call center industry of the Philippines, which is really a part of the outsourcing industry. It's not the entirety of the outsourcing industry, and the call center is, let's say, the more the older, the more traditional aspect of outsourcing. Uh, you're dealing with typically bigger teams, lots of people, thousands of people potentially doing the same role at the same time. It's a highly competitive and highly monitored environment, uh, and generally, you have staff that are treated more like commodities rather than individuals. So that is the perspective that Sarah is coming from. And look, I think it's interesting to for all of us to understand everyone's perspective within this huge industry. Generally, I would suggest that the broader outsourcing industry is a net positive for everyone involved, including the employees. And I would also suggest that Generally, most or the majority of employees are being treated well, they're earning good money, and they are getting good opportunities from this industry. But again, you know, it's interesting to see the perspective of Sarah, and I value Sarah's contribution to the industry and her insights. So it was a good, very interesting conversation with Sarah Presto of Bien. If you want any of the show notes, as always go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Just a quick note that there is a little bit of background noise to contend with with the environment that Sarah's uh, taking the interview from. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs and we can help you too. We cover everything from business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations and fully managed services. If you're already outsourcing, about to start or somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms and of course the best results from your outsourcing practices. We list over 700 outsourcing suppliers on our website host this leading outsourcing podcast, and have over 5,000 pages of content. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. We offer everything from light brokerage, co-managed services, through to fully managed solutions. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com quote. Mention that you're a podcast listener and we will give you special attention plus a 10% discount. This is for a limited time only. Go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Hi and welcome back everybody. So today I am joined by Sarah Prestoza. She is the vice president of BN. BN is the BPO Industry Employees Network. It's an aggregation of BPO employees looking after the interests of BPO employees and the welfare of BPO employees. So it's super exciting to have Sarah on the show to get, of course, the perspective of um, the people behind outsourcing. And of course, in outsourcing, you know, it's very much the people that are powering this incredible industry that we have. So uh, Sarah, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Derek. Good day.
0: Sarah, I want to I learn all about BN and also maybe a little bit about you and your background. Can you give us uh, an overview of, of your involvement in the outsourcing industry and then your involvement with BN?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yes, uh, I am the vice president of VPO Industry Employees Network. BN is a, um, an independent network of employees by the employees and for the employees of the business processing to aim and promote BP employees' rights and welfare. So I started to work in a call center. Like I've been in the field for like 15 years already. So I am very aware of how the business goes, all of the uh, good things and bad things inside the, the business. So, what made me actually join VN and what are my background in here? So, I was working in um, one of the call centers here in, in the Philippines, here in Makati. And um, the name of my company is West Contact Services, before. So, our company was purchased by another company, which is Alorica. So, Alorica is known to be one of the... Uh, call center who purchased a small call center and, uh, you know, handle it again. So uh, when we were purchased by Ulrich, uh, uh we have experienced a lot of uh, things that we think that is uh, violating our rights. So we try to, um, you know, research and find what's, uh, what is being violated on our right because we on that first onset that they purchased, West Contact Services, We were not informed that it was purchased. So from there, uh, the employees have started to be confused of what's happening. And then there's Bian, who comes over. On that time, they're already starting to, you know, uh, raise the organization. And I meet them. I meet Bian. So this is where it started. So Bian is the one who introduced me about the ride of employees under uh, the BPO industry as well. And then from there, um, Diane is the one who helped me organize uh, forming the union, which is the first union in the BPO industry in the Philippines, I think in the world as well, is the unified employees of Olorica. I became the president of the union and now I am in a, in a different company now, and I'm the vice president of Bn. So this
0: is what it started. Great. Well, congratulations for that that journey. And so Bn isn't quite a union. That how how would you describe the the structure of Bn?
1: Bn is a group of tenured call center employees. So it started on 2013 when um, it was like the 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 heat on the b p o industry is uh like oozing, and we are all trying to work in a call center world and that time how it runs is that when you applied in a call center and then you did not like the way how it goes, you will be um moving on another call center or sometimes you will be terminated and will going will be going to another call center and the way how it goes is that when you apply in another call center, it only sometimes takes about an hour or thirty minutes, and you will be already uh, accepted to that job on that same building. Sometimes we laugh and we talk that, oh, you're another on another building now, because uh, mostly on Makati, on somewhere on Ortigas, it is already uh, dominated by a call center uh, capitalists. So um, we meet each other, all of my friends. We talk about, well, how many companies you have been now in a call center? And my friends, says, I'm already in a third company in a month. Or like, you know. And I said, what is it like we're being like jumping around like a grasshopper, going into different call center? We're being like terminated. Is there any problem on your call center? Or is there any problem in the industry? Or is there any problem with us? So um, my friends who are tenured, like 11 of us, thought about it. And one of our friend who is uh, like very, uh, sometimes he's politically inclined, you know, <laughs> so he said, I think there's something wrong. Why don't we form an organization that will stop these things of us being terminated in a month or two, and we can try to see if we can protect our right." So from there, we have like an understanding of, yes, we'll try. So we tried to create an organization and uh, we uh, went to the um, Department of Labor and we tried to you know register it and from there we started.
0: Great. And how many how many members are you now? How do you how do you sort of gauge your size?
1: Um, We've started like when we were like 11, 12. now we are like about three thousand four, thousand like that. Members in yeah, and It's not big yet, but it's getting better.
0: What sort of activities are you involved in? Then you you said you are have been involved in in creating a new bill that's about to be passed.
1: Yes, actually, um, uh, we actually are aiming. because Vietnam uh, is uh, always like joining, okay, um, legislative. We are actively participating in social dialogues in various degrees or levels with policymakers, government agencies, and BPO companies through uh, no, legislative. We are very active in collaborating with partners, unions in the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, India, and even global unions. And our work is primarily focused on exercising the right to petition the government. For redress and grievances, and to uphold the BPO workers' rights. So, our major campaigns, such as drafting the BPO minimum labor standards, lobby works in Congress for passing the bill, you know, and our advocacy in promoting various workplace issues and protecting uh, BPOs workers' uh, rights. So, um, yeah. So we have this what we called. We started uh, our manifesto because there is one ta- uh, 1.4, billion, uh, 1.4 million call center employees in the Philippines. And most of them do not know their rights, um, their labor rights. So what we do is we do our outline in six major calls to ensure positive change for workers in the BPO industry. And this includes like job security, human condition at work, higher pay, uh, occupational health and safety, right to organize, and compliance of VPO companies to labor. So we passed the bill under VPO um, Workers Act, and it is being read on Congress. I believe it's already on second hearing and reading. Yeah. So that's Great! It.
0: Congratulations for that. For that those efforts and and of course the outcomes can you just you know you you mentioned six items there can you you just list those six items again and maybe we could jump into a couple of those
1: Yes uh, like the job security is the first one we actually uh, put in some bills that can protect our job security and the second one is human condition at work and higher pay and then occupational health and safety and then the right to organize and compliance of BPO companies to labor standards.
0: Right. And how would you describe, you know, what I, I'd like to sort of frame this, and I'm not sure if I'm sort of accurate in doing it, but it, it's specific to outsourcing is a big umbrella term, and then call centers is kind of a segment of the outsourcing umbrella and it's probably the, the biggest segment and it deals with a lot of you know a lot of people you know you, you're talking huge accounts and a lot of sort of processing of, of people um how would you describe sort of a typical environment of the typical call center employee what what's a typical sort of environment and, and day in the life of such said employee okay well uh-
1: when we say call center, before we don't understand what is BPO. When I work in call center, all I know is that I will have to answer the phone, provide customer service, talk to you know international people. But when I get inside the BPO industry, we've learned that um, this is what they call here in the Philippines, everybody thought it was a sunshine industry in a way wherein we were thinking that once we actually, um, you know, be employed in a call center or BPO is that we will be earning a lot of money. We will be paid better, you know, but we'll have, uh, we have realized, yes, it is uh, a sunshine industry and it is a sunshine industry for the capitalists and not for the employees. Sunshine industry in their pocket and earnings. So how will I be able to save that? Well, what I can say is that on our perspective now uh, as an employee, and I'm sure that everybody or most people agree, uh, mostly on the as well on our um, you know, members, as well as uh, employees in the call center field in the rounds, have realized that um, we know the fact that the reason of outshoring of jobs are because of low-wage labor, tax incentives, and la- lacks of legal requirements. So uh, we were hoping that we will be paid well since we provide more efforts in most flexible flexible works. You know, this is the condition. So when you were asking what's the condition, so they will hire you as a particular job. For example, they will tell you that you will be a um, technical support, that uh, you will handle uh, troubleshooting, And then they will train you for six months. You will be regularized, yes. And then after six months, they will train you again for another line of business. For example, uh, you will be uh, reading the bill. So they will tell you that uh, we need to help the other department because they are lacking enough staffing. So you will be also reading the bill. Then suddenly they will train you to sell. So you will be selling. So and then, yeah. One day you will realize that you were already handling like four or five line of business all together in one. So it's flexible. Then they will put it on one metrics. and then if ever one of those, you know, line of business you were not able to pass, you will be terminated. So this is how is the environment in the call center. So that's what uh, they call super agent you will become a super agent. So you will be handling all of those jobs without extra pay. But when we experience this job on our perception, we as an employee, we were just numbers and machines. So we experience and see that, you know, rampant job loss, uh, termination, um, job security is not being valued in the BPO industry. Yes, you are inside this good building uh, with, you know, air conditioning and, uh, you know, people are warm and friendly, of course. But we don't feel being valued inside a company because um, the call center, which is the, um, the small business inside the BPO, let's just say they are the agencies place in the Philippines to get clients which are the capitalists from international, okay? So the call center are the agency or the centralized office who will handle the employees. And the employees has a disconnect communication to the client itself directly to the capitalist, which is the client. So our communication is only with uh, the local call center or agency. However, what we follow is the rule of the client plus on top of it is the rule of the outsourcers or the agency. And then whatever will happen into the field of your job, if ever, let's say, the client asks to remove you from the program, they will not be liable for anything about your job, but the company who handles you will be the one to actually do it for you. So that's how it goes. Right. So that's how it runs on our end. And uh, the job on our end is like so many. And now we realize that it's not really like a sunshine industry at all, <laughs> it's over time. Right. Right.
0: So you were promised a lot, but but actually you you feel that the reality is that there's not a lot of job security. The pay isn't as good as you uh, expected, and you know you're you're given a lot more tasks and roles.
1: Exactly.
0: Do you see are there upsides to the outsourcing industry? You know, from from my perspective, which is a lot further away than your perspective. You know, I see that the outsourcing industry is bringing a lot of economic prosperity to the Philippines even to the Filipino workers now you know if you zoom out a long way and over a 10 year period i'm, I'm pretty sure that you can see all of the benefits but then i completely agree with you if you really zoom in and see uh, individual examples then the industry you know can be pretty tough on on some people but how do you feel about the benefits of of the outsourcing industry for for the Philippines, for the Philippine economy, and and generally for the Philippine people. Do you see that there are some positive aspects to it?
1: Yeah, okay, let's start by saying that when you actually established a company or a call center company in the Philippines, you will be given an eight years tax holiday. You will not be paying a tax for eight years. And the only people who will be paying for the tax are those employees. Okay So that one that's one perk on to the employees or, em- or employer side. Yes, it's true. the upside and benefits of New works, never ending overflowing jobs awaits. Clients are coming over in the Philippines because as we mentioned, Philippi- uh, Filipino is very warm and friendly. They have a very good English accent, neutral. They can learn easily. They are naturally laborers. They can work uh, better multitasking. They can do that. So that's uh, that's the reason uh, all of the clients are coming over in the Philippines. While we continue to pay for our taxes on the government, of course, as well. So the economy is oozing. the The, the government keeps on, of course, getting you know taxes. From employees because you know employees are getting bigger applying in call center field and then of course on the on upsides and benefits on on employee sides of course employees are being trained they'll learn a lot of things technology learning your our communication is getting better because every day we're talking to people Uh, We're learning more about the product of international and how we handle it on our side. So we're learning more of that. Now, on the the part of the government, um, even on COVID, the industry never stops working. It it was continuously working, and it's part of the essential business. So it never stops to provide taxes and fees to the government that we provided them. So on COVID days, actually, BPO or call center is one of the major factor who actually uh, lift up the, uh, the, uh, the life of our economy in the Philippines. So that's how it grows. And even right mm-hmm. now, um, when we research this a little bit, move, and we are already, I think now, we are the number one, contributor of tax in the Philippines. It's not number one next to the OFWs, but we're
0: the next one. So you're saying, you know, there's there's a lot of wealth created by the outsourcing industry, but maybe more of it is going into the pockets of the business owners as opposed to the, the workers. Yeah, That,
1: that is correct. Um, and Sarah,
0: can I um, change gear a little bit? Outsourcing is one thing, going to the office is one thing until, of course, COVID hit COVID about a year old now, and that dramatically changed the realities and and the requirements of of everyone on this planet, but not least the outsourced workers. And as you said, throughout the the pandemic, outsourced workers were considered frontliners. They had exemptions, which I think you know indicates the value uh, of outsourced workers. So, how has the last year been? for the workers of the outsourcing industry? How has it changed for, for the outsourcing workers?
1: Well, that's a very good question. The BPO industry is, as I mentioned, is a considered essential business. In spite of COVID, BPO workers continue to work, hitting the risk of COVID. It has never stopped. However, due to collective effort of BPO workers together with BN Love it and we demand that on the heights of COVID, we demanded for work from home arrangement. So yes, there are employees that have been affected by COVID. Employees were not transparent about it, that uh, there are, you know, employees that are already been affected by the virus. It is because they were afraid that no one will work inside the site. So that is why, the the workers approached BN and informing that they are like COVID positive and all of that. So what happened is that we requested for and demand on and lobby about the work from home arrangement. So there were a work from home arrangement. And mind you, it was not proactively offered by the business or by the industry. It was asked. And then the way we experienced it, um, because if when you are uh, in the comp- in, into your house they like a lack of, of logistic support you know there are a lot of things that are, are are not being supported that is affecting your metrics or your performance and that is causing you to be terminated since the Department of Labor is closed or was closed at time so we cannot run to anybody you know, to file case that were being terminated, suspended, and all of that. So that's one factor that happened there on COVID. And then, um, as well, we actually lobbied to the government to provide, uh, like, a hotel accommodation. If ever that some of us working in the provinces, of course, they cannot go home. So, um they were forced to actually get hotel accommodation nearby the site so that the company can go to, sorry, I mean, so that the employee can go to the company and they provide shuttle. They were forced to provide shuttle so that uh, they can pick up the employees and, you know, go to work and then go back to the hotel and then go back to work. So that's what happened there. And then some others are when, like, a little bit of COVID subsided, um the company or the government let us travel, go back home. And what happened are the, the employers provided shadow to nearby houses to pick up employees. So what happened in the COVID days, uh, there is like a work from home arrangement, shadow provided, and hotel accommodation. And this is a result of the campaigns of uh, employees trying to shout or, you know, love you. For this one, so yeah, the, the employer is saying that you know we're not earning business here anymore because we need to pay for the hotel, we need for take, we need to pay for this transportation and all. So they were saying that you need to work harder, mandatory overtime. You need to do mandatory overtime. We need to remove people who cannot go to work, and we need to remove them and replace them for those who are willing to go to work. So it's very hard for the employees because the uh, termination is very rampant. It's, it doubles it. An online survey with, uh, with VN, there's 146 respondents conducted by VN from May 19 to May 26, revealed that 37.7% are roughly four out of 10 people workers are COVID positive. And it was wow. not even reported others are dying and it was not even reported and companies are not very transparent to that so the ambience changed so we before we work in the office on the site yes we're happy to go there even though we lack of sleep of course we do understand we need to follow the time zone uh most of our is from the u.s so we need to follow their time however when covid comes over Of course, we cannot do that. We cannot just go to the site, even though the company is saying that we need to go to the site and finds out that there are a lot of COVID positive and they're not being so transparent for that. So we have to go. And there are other employees that are mostly positive, but they're not being, you know, checked, closed contact, Close contact swab test. You need to pay for your own swab test. How much is that? Like $2,000, 4 thousand patients? We have this experience that oh, an employee was terminated because she has COVID, She's COVID positive, and she needs to pay for like two hundred thousand for her own, you know, medicine and all of those. So it's mm. very hard to the employee that time. And the government also provided, like, um, you know, the rule of skeletal work where a company can, you know, float employees for, like, six months or more if ever that they cannot, you know, sustain the number of staff and, you know, remove them and float them. So that's one of the things that we do not tolerate. And we actually, of course, do four rallies for that. And this time pandemic. So until right now, uh, this is something that is still
0: happening. That is obviously a, a concerning perspective, and and it's good that there are representatives for the for the employees of the industry that, that can bring shine a light on on these aspects. Uh, Sarah, I'm hoping that collectively we are through the worst of COVID, and hopefully the vaccines are on the horizon. How, how do you see sort of a return to normalcy? Are you, are you happy about that? Are you optimistic in terms of work-life routines? Or, you know, do you see things have, have sort of uh, changed forever?
1: Well, actually, um, with regards to going back to the company, before the vaccine has discovered, we were already trying to campaign for free mass testing free mass testing was not even approved we actually um, campaigned for uh, work from home arrangement paid leave but what happened is instead of doing that there was like a no work no pay rule approved so no free mass testing no work no pay and mostly on call center companies I just realize and see and notice that mostly of them just doesn't have their own um, you know what do you call this official or like security or um, the one who check for employer uh, employees or if the building is safe you know security officer I mean sorry about that so they uh-huh. don't have security officer that check okay if the building is safe or not. I thought there was, but I just realized when I asked my members or our members of the end working inside to find where are the security officer, never shown, there's not. So, I mean, how can we go back to the building and then we'll find out that there are employees that are having COVID positive and the worst thing is they're all, most of them are asymptomatic, you know. And since in the BPO industry, if you're only having a fever, if you can still go to work, you have to go to work. So fever is not an issue here. Or if you're, let's like, say, you're just coughing, you can still go to work, you can still take calls. So that's how they go there, or else you'll be terminated. Because staffing is a big factor in the in the BPO industry. So Do you it, see any
0: signs for optimism? Do you see any kind of the, that we're coming out the other side of this?
1: Yeah, well, actually, we are all optimistic to go back in the office, honestly. Um, when I actually personally, uh, one of our members says that her um, operation manager informed her to go back to work because the rule is that you're working from home and Since there's missing logistics support, you're not passing. Sometimes you're not passing off some of your, you know, metrics. So you need to go to work and just get fit to work. And if you're not COVID positive, you can go back to work. However, there's no vaccine, so we are afraid to go back to work because how sure are we that uh, you know COVID is not there and COVID is not going to hit us because. Most of our member already died of COVID, so we're very optimistic that we cannot go back. We we are actually not refusing to go back, but we are demanding for the vaccine first us, for us to be given to us before we can go back.
0: Okay. Well, there's certainly a different perspective that we're seeing, and uh, it's uh, again, it's it's good that a light has been shined on this, so that there are protections in place for. For the employees, because again, the employees, of course, do do power uh, all of this. Uh, Sarah, how how uh, and your uh, tell us a little bit about your professional career. You, as well as running BN, you are also currently an employee of a of an outsourcing operator. Is that is yes? That right? um,
1: I am a um, I was a technical support. I was a sales agent. I am a building representative on um, one of the center. Not in Alorica now, but in a different center, which I also organize people. I am uh, one of a, an account executive or customer service representative there. And I'm already working there, and I moved there for like um, a year or so, yeah. a year and a half after I was uh, removed by Alorica because uh, of, they said that I was doing some rallies. Which they said is not good doing rallies, which I know is is one part of our right to do as a rally. Uh, the rally as a president of the union, so that's another thing. Um, uh, organizing inside the BPO industry is very, very, very hard. Like it's very exploited, um, discriminatory, and you know something like that. But right now, yes, I do work still continuously on a call center world on another company. Uh, there in uh, in Manila, here in Manila, as well. I am doing a paralegaling. I'm I'm a paralegal. I am trained to be, um, you know, an advocate and paralegal to give legal advices and trained BPO workers to be a um, to be legally inclined about their rights. So that's what we're doing right now. So I'm still so congratulations. Happy Thank you.
0: And how how day to day, how would you describe your career, your job? Do you do you get a certain amount of enjoyment? Do you feel, uh, you know, a, a sort of an obligation to, to do this? Uh, do you have sort of fun and enjoyment with your colleagues? How how would you describe a sort of a typical day to day of your
1: of your Actually, work? Actually, um, when I joined call center before, of course, on on, on set, of course. My goal is to be promoted because that's what they promise you'll be promoted or money, greener pasture. They said career growth inside. Yeah. So when I actually joined uh, the call center, the company, yes, I I was I improved a lot. I became a trainer. I trained people. My communication skills. I was able to teach people their communication skills. So I was actually uh, hired for that kind of promotion. However, there are promotion that you will be promoted in Word but not in paper, and there's no payment for that, you know. This is how they go. So if they can do that, they will say, oh, you'll be a trainer now, and then, you know, you can train people. But there's no paper, you know, until, like, let's say six months before you can get the paper but you're already doing the job or something like that. Yes, so I... I became a trainer, almost got a, I become a team leader. And then, uh, of course, I found this company here in Manila, which is giving a higher salary, even though you're already a, a supervisor and you will go as a, 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 a tra- an agent. So I tried to, because I was thinking I don't care about the position, I want to get the you know money and incentives. So I moved into another company and leave my job as a trainer and a team leader. So moving to another company here in Manila. This is where I work with Wes and Alorica. This is where I realize now my of my, uh, living here in in the call center or my calling here is not just to work for me myself to earn because I saw this kind of exploitation that is happening to this my colleagues here and on my end on my own experience because there are two kinds of uh, of call centers in the Philippines. This is outbound, which are the sales, and the inbound where you are the one taking calls or receiving calls. So outbound here is that those are sad to say, sorry for my word, which I can mostly all all of those uh, calls that I experienced and that I was able to get into as companies are mostly are scamming, telemarketers, scammers, which I didn't know. So you will be um, joining the company and they will be giving you the script. So since you're new in the, in the industry and business, you will just be reading the this, this script. And then you have to sell, sell, sell product. And if you're not able to make a sales, your IED will be put on, like, this cup. And they will, like, you know, raffle it. And whoever, you know, ID will be um, picked up by this operation man and it will be terminated. So I was thinking at that time that it was just, like, funny. Or it's just, like, I think it's okay. I didn't know that it was violating my right that time. So now I go in the inbound world and I see the difference. The inbound, of course, um, you're not allowed to lie you're to tell the truth because right now we do have this what we call um uh security bridge. So we actually make sure that everything that we provide to the customer are the truth. So those are the two different things on the faces for the outbounders and the the inbounders of, of, of call center. So I've wow. seen mostly on the outbounders, they're doing like, really really they're like doing this thing saying those things on myself. I think it's a scam. So I'm glad that I was not able to be, you know, sta- you know, staying there for long and leave. And what I've learned there is my communication skills. So this is the call center world. You handle American people. You handle to talk to them. So
0: that's why when I got to the road. um this is what I saw. Sarah, I appreciate your perspective on this, and absolutely your efforts to shine a light on this, and and also to correct, you know, what you believe can be improved. So I really do appreciate that, and you know, it is uh, such a different perspective to certainly what what I see and also project yeah. to the to the world out there. So uh, it's it's good, I think, to have. A different view on, on this. I appreciate your time today, Sarah. If anyone wants to learn more about Bien uh, or uh, more about yourself, how can they do that?
1: Well, actually, um, Bien has a page Bien Philippines on Facebook, or you can you know, go to bienphilippines.com, or you can go to you can email us at bienphilippines at gmail.com and bienphilippines at wordpress com. So all of the things that we're doing are in there and all of those um, employees who want to be a member of BN in the BPO industry world, uh, world can be can sign up there.
0: Thank you so much Sarah.
1: Okay, thank you, no problem.
0: That was Sarah Prestoza of BN. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast And if you want to ask us anything, then just send us an email to ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.